0: Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hola, or bonjour. (laughs) I am... uh... In Mexico, flying back to the United States today. I've had a wonderful trip here. And, uh, yeah, very excited for what I feel is unfolding for this ministry. Very, very excited. Mm. So grateful. So, our topic this week is family Holiday Survival Guide. And let's begin with a prayer. Prayer is one of my favorite things, and I truly give prayer the credit for the healing in my life, the transformation of my mind, the renewing of my mind. I really feel prayer was the linchpin For me, so we pray, and I like to place my hand on my heart and wholeheartedly tune in, tune up, partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful, we are truly thankful to be truly helpful. We are grateful and thankful that there is a dynamic, nourishing, liberating wisdom that is part of our true identity and we're choosing to access it now. We're choosing to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize the freedom That has always been encoded into our very nature and being. We're recognizing the perfection, the infinite eternal perfection that always is our very nature. We are grateful to declare that this is a healing dialogue. That we're transcending time and space to remember and recognize our holiness together. We are grateful to share the benefits with all beings because we are one with them. We're grateful to give up the blocks of love and let the love flow. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Hmm. We are blessed. Yes. Blessed to join together. Very grateful for that. Yes, indeed. (sighs) So, we're going into the holidays, but it's never a bad time to have a family holiday survival guide, a family survival guide. And I've learned a lot about that. I've had so much healing in my family, and I talk about it a lot because really the biggest place of despair in my whole life was that I would be unloving and argumentative and feel so badly about myself Uh, in my family gatherings and family relationships. It was the most... Devastating and difficult part of my life. And I never thought it could change. And prayer helped me to find the path. Praying led me to that path. And the path really began to open through forgiveness. And of course, it's all about self-forgiveness. So that's why I'm just going to start with, you can do all kinds of things. You can have all kinds of therapy sessions and do all kinds of inner work. But if you're not doing the self-forgiveness, you're delaying the big miraculous transformation. So that's why on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com, there is a free forgiveness workshop. Get that workshop if you haven't already. It's called How to Get Over It. And even if you don't listen to the workshop, that's fine. Doesn't Whatever you want to do is fine with me. And But there is a tool in there that I call the forgiveness letter, my forgiveness letter. And it's a process, a writing process to forgive yourself. Now, I would say many of the people who get the download don't hear me say self-forgiveness. And even though the instructions say forgive yourself first, people, I just see it year after year. The people I'll say um, say early in the year in Masterful Living, i will say, did you write that self-forgiveness letter yet? And they're like, oh, what? Self-forgiveness? I I wrote a letter to, and they'll say this one, that one. I say, yep, yeah, self-forgiveness. Start with the self. It really is the self. So that's where the liberation is. And why would we avoid the liberation? Why would we continue the pain? These are the mysterious questions, and there are lots of answers to them. But honest to God, I don't even want to spend any time on that because that's just going to bring more understanding, but it doesn't bring any healing. So the healing is the self-forgiveness. So if you haven't done the self-forgiveness letter, make some time before you proceed any further with your family, because then you can be that truly helpful fulcrum point of healing in your family. And that's a wonderful thing. That's how I managed to forgive myself, was uh, doing that inner work. That's how I came to understand the self-forgiveness letter. It was my own experience and process. So I'm handing it to you. You don't have to figure it out. I'm handing it to you. It's totally free, too. So, now, I used to go to my family gatherings, let's say, when I lived in Manhattan. And my parents were living in Rhode Island. And I would take the train from Penn Station to uh, Providence. And... uh, for family gatherings, to be with my family and I would be making that trip in the expectation that I would get hurt, that I would be disappointed, that it wouldn't go well, that the same old same old would occur. Of course, now I know not to do that. Now I know to energize the highest and best will occur that I'm going to be truly helpful and that the Spirit will absolutely lead me and guide me to the loving choices that will bring the uh, revelations of truth and the miracles that I desire. So as I progressed on the road of self-forgiveness, I began to see oh, I have the opportunity to be that fulcrum point of change. We were talking about this in Masterful Living class this week, that I went from being the one in the family who caused all the trouble to being the one who was helpful. Not that other members of the family weren't helpful, but... I used to have all these meltdowns and freakouts, and I would get hysterical, literally, and I would throw a conniption fit, and I would start blaming and shaming and guilting and attacking. I would be like a wild animal cornered, and I would do anything to get out of that corner. Who put me in the corner? I did. But I didn't know that because I blamed everything on everybody else. I wasn't willing to take responsibility for how I felt. I blamed it on everybody else. And, you know, to be fair, my family, didn't really know how to teach me anything but blame and judgment and resentment and regret and guilt and attack. That's what they knew. They also knew love and they did teach me love. And love is so much stronger than anything else. So underneath the negative patterns was the love. And I could feel the love. And I would feel so, so guilty, though, for, for not having self-control. That was a big thing for me. But even when I did have an awareness that, oh, don't say that, don't say that. Because I could hear the higher Holy Spirit itself. Saying, don't do not do it, don't do it. No good can come from that. Don't say it, don't say it. I just needed to exert control, defiance, and pure, egoic, you're not the boss of me thinking. And so as a result, I felt... Immature, stupid, repeating the same mistakes again and again. What kind of loser am I that I can't learn from my mistakes? Why I'll never learn what's wrong with me? And even my family would say, what's wrong with you? And my ego would just say, yeah, there's something terribly, terribly wrong with you. So, Self-forgiveness got me out of the crushing, guilt, blame, shame, horror, self-flagellation for all my errors, all my trespasses, and all my perceived debts. And it being able to forgive myself supported me so fully in being able to forgive others, learning how to do it. Because there were so many more things to forgive of me than of anyone else, truly. No matter what kind of a mountain I would make out of things that others did, I never felt as upset with them as I really felt about myself. So let's dig into the course and in chapter one, section three, which is entitled "Atonement and Miracles." Uh, paragraph four right at the end there, Jesus says, "Lead us not into temptation." Remember that's from the uh, the Lord's prayer that he gave us in his human experience. Lead us not into temptation means recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. So that was that was really helpful to me. I intuited this instruction uh, long before I found a course of miracles. Lead us not in temptation into temptation means recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. So I learned to, instead of calling it, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm stupid, I'm foolish, I'm mean, I'm ugly, all these different things, I started to call them tactical errors. Let's say I'm going to Rhode Island to visit my family And I'm on that train (laughs) riding the Amtrak there to Providence. And I'm in these expectations of disappointment. I'm rehearsing my disappointments and my expectations of being hurt. I could start to recognize that this is a tactical error. If what I'd like is to feel the flow of love, if what I'd like is to experience harmony instead of rehearsing disappointment, let me do what I now call the high, hold the high watch. Let me recognize what my intention is and have a clear intention. Many people have no intention. See, and that that that's right there, that's a tactical error. So go into your this is I this is so key. Go into your holiday with the strong intention to Be that loving presence, to be receptive to love, to allow it to pour forth on you. Now, you see, if we are feeling guilty, ashamed, and bad and wrong, we're not going to feel worthy of that love. We're going to feel challenged by it, and we're going to unconsciously reject it. I used to do that all the time. No clue how to receive love because I felt so unworthy. That's not their fault. They're doing the best they can to express love towards you. You're rejecting it. That's what I used to do. Tactical error. It's not the way to experience the love. And then I blame it on them. You see, nobody could win. Everybody's a loser. That's the way of the ego. We can interrupt that pattern. How do we do it? Tell the Holy Spirit. I'm holding the highest and best for all of us. I'm holding that high watch, that mountaintop view, that we can all rise above the battlefield, that we can all be in the flow of love. We don't have to know what it looks like, but we can begin to rehearse what it feels like instead of rehearsing disappointment, feeling let down, feeling hurt let's start rehearsing feeling harmonious let's start rehearsing extending love so that's what I started to do is I started to prepare myself for the time with my family by holding this I won't call it a vision because it really was a feeling a feeling of harmony and love Because I did have experiences of that, so I could remember what it felt like. And I would extend that, project that. You see, in there, then, we're always going to be challenged. And it seems like that challenge is happening to us. Right? The temptation, lead us not into temptation, means... Recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. So we can open up to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the higher self. Give me the guidance. Show me the way to be truly helpful. Show me the way to be that fulcrum point of healing in my family. Show me the way to be the one who goes first in kindness, the one who goes first in generosity. So that what I trained myself to do was, okay, so I get there where, you know, I'm unpacking, I brought treats for everybody, and I, oh, look what I brought you. And somebody says, why would you bring me that? I don't even like that. Just let's suppose. I don't remember anybody saying that to me, but things like that. You know, and the temptation is to say, oh, look, I brought you a gift and you're you're responding to my gift with sarcasm and attack. Oh, aren't you precious? <laughs> you know, go to... I, I tried to, to just go to, like, some way I could just be more lighthearted about it and not take it personally. So I would start to train myself. Why would someone do that? I've done stuff like that. Why would I do that? Because I'm not in my right mind. Because I'm in some kind of pain. I feel threatened. I feel unlovable. I'm pushing the love away. Right? So I can see, oh, This person is doing that too. My friend, family member, whomever is doing the same thing that I have done. I can forgive myself through the act of extending love to them. I can recognize my errors of the past and choose to abandon them by following the guidance of spirit to love and be loved. So, instead of saying something nasty or snarky back, could say, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. I'm glad you told me. Now I know. And don't feel you need to use it or keep it or eat it. It's all good. I'm fine. And just move on down the road. You don't need to be right. Right? So giving up any need to be right is, like, before you go in the door, really give that up. Because that's pure ego. It's just pure ego, the need to be right. There's no good that can come of it. And I'll give you a little tip for people who are uh, picking a fight with you and need to be right, and it triggers your need to be right, or they're just making you wrong, and that triggers you to be right. If you can say to them, yes, and, in some way, like if somebody's saying, oh, um, the, the senator that you voted for is a terrible whatever, Just kind of think even, okay, and instead of making them wrong. And let's see, what's valuable here? You see, I think one of the things that really gets us into a lot of trouble is we don't have a clear intention. We're not going into the situation being very clear that this is our opportunity to be truly helpful. To be truly helpful means to follow the guidance of the Spirit, right? I don't have to wonder what to say or what to do, where to go, when to go, why to go. All that's going to be given to me by the Spirit, right? That's the truly helpful prayer. I call it the purpose prayer, page 28. Most people think of it as. Page 28 of the text. It is in the FIP version. Foundation for Inner Peace. And. Which is the one that I use. Uh, if I'm needing to be right. For sure. I am not. Following the guidance of the spirit. For sure. So. Recognize my error and choose to abandon them by following spirit's guidance, by following Jesus's guidance. You may not, oh, I don't know what Jesus guidance is. All I know is I, I want to defend myself. Well, why don't I know what the guidance is? Have I asked? Do I have a strong intention to be in tune with the guidance in every moment? And am I energizing my intention every 5, 10, 15 minutes? Seriously, this is what it takes to be that fulcrum point in your family. It's no joke. It's no small thing. And you see, this became so important to me because for many years, I was that person in my family that there's always someone in the family that seems to be the most reactive, the most emotional. Okay. So I remember one time. When I lived in Manhattan, my mom was visiting, and she said, Honey, I think you just feel things more than everybody else. And I certainly felt things more than her. And I, maybe I, I do feel things more than everybody in my family. I'm an empath. So she was right about that. And if you're that person, because a lot of the people I know are empaths, they're highly sensitive people, and they feel what's going on around them, then do yourself a huge favor and be the one who is going to go first. So for me, I used to go first in being upset. I used to go first in freaking out. I used to go first in becoming angry and hysterical and attacking and all of that. So I then, when I saw, oh, there's an opportunity to extend love, to extend compassion, to have understanding, to be patient, to be kind, to be generous of heart, Generous of spirit. And I could go first in that. That practice, my friend, helped me to undo all the shame, the regret, the resentment, the hurt, the blame. From all the years of being upset. That's how I did it. Seriously, it's one of the most amazing things to me in the world. It's time for me to take a break. So, (laughs) you're listening to Jennifer Hadley on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for a course in miracles, living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. We're talking about family holiday survival, and I was saying that I was the one in my family that would call uh, cause all the upset. It seemed. Uh, that's how I felt about it. I was the drama queen. And so I would bring everybody down with all my upset and emotion and hysteria and drama. So I was much relieved when I saw, you know what? I can bring everybody up. I can. I can. I can. So just as water flows downward and water seeks its own level... We can be that place, I like to call it the fulcrum point of healing in our family, that transitional point. We don't, but the thing is, we can't take any credit for it because it's not about that. And it's not about being better than anyone else. It's about realizing the opportunity that we have to be a loving presence. And in doing that, We undo the guilt for being an unloving presence. So really extending love means not needing anything in return, including any appreciation or recognition. So my family has really transformed and healed. And we still have occasional blasts of upset but nothing like we used to have. And I do know it's because of the transformation that I have been working on. And still, my family is helping me. They're helping me. And every single time I get tweaked or... um Triggered, which fortunately doesn't happen so much anymore. But when I do get triggered, that's my opportunity for healing. That's my opportunity for undoing the pattern. This is, we spend a lot of time on this in Masterful Living, which is why people have such great results. Because we really, really focus on this together. We focus on it in our prayer partnerships. We focus on it in our mastery circles. We focus on it in our classes, in the study buddies. Keep going back to it so that we can take every trigger as an opportunity for healing and not fall into the old patterns again. That's essentially what Masterful Living is all about. It's about the deep healing Physically and mentally, emotionally, financially, creatively, deep, deep, deep transformation and healing. And relationships are the number one tool we have. Our body is the second tool that we have, according to A Course in Miracles. So we make the most of them. Now, in this section, chapter one, section three, about the atonement, Uh, Paragraph five, Jesus goes on to say error cannot really threaten truth. So remember, he said, lead us not into temptation actually means recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance. So then he says, error cannot really threaten truth. So none of our errors all the tactical errors I made. I wanted to have a more loving experience, but secretly, unbeknownst to me, unconsciously, I really wanted to be right about how wrong my family was. That was actually more important to me than having a loving and harmonious experience. Once I saw the truth of that, I stopped making the tactical error. So error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. And the truth is we're perfect. The truth is we're eternal love. The truth is this world is an illusion. So error, no matter how far down we go down the rabbit hole, no error that we make can ever really threaten truth or love. This love is truth. Truth is love. Only the error is actually vulnerable. So when we align our mind with the error, we're going to feel vulnerable. Right? So if we align our mind with, oh, they never respect me. Oh, they're always this. They never this. They always that. That kind of thinking, that's aligning with the error. And then we, what do we do? We argue to be right about it what the, what, what kind of crazy strategy is that? Well, that's the ego strategy. So (laughs) Jesus then says to us, you are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. But the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. Spirit is in a state of grace forever. Oh, let's just take a deep breath. Spirit is in a state of grace forever. We're spirit. We are in a state of grace forever. That's why I like to, to use the video game analogy that this life is like a video game. Because when we think of it that way, we're not in the video game. We're playing the video game. We're watching the video game. We're reviewing the video game. The video game is a script that's already been written. And we can realize, oh, wait a minute. I got so identified with the video game. I forgot who I was and where I was. Oh, my God. I thought I just died in the video game. Oh, my God. I thought I just killed you in the video game. powerful. Error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is actually vulnerable. So when we align ourselves with attack thoughts and needing to be right, we're going to feel vulnerable. We're choosing vulnerability. We're choosing to feel unsafe and unprotected. Love is our protector. Love is our safety. When we stray from that, we are going to feel unsafe, vulnerable, frightened. We do it to ourselves. Being truly helpful is being truly loving. Being truly loving doesn't need anything in return. I've been studying Kundalini Yoga, which I'm going to start uh, offering some videos and things on that and working on it. And because Course in Miracles doesn't have a, a strong body practice, and I really find that Kundalini Yoga is it for me. I just love it. I really do. It really is um, very nurturing and nourishing for me and, and healing. And uh, I first discovered it oof, very long time ago, mid-90s, when I was living in L.A. Anyway, there is a song that uh, someone played in a class I took. And I just remember the opening line was something like, The sun shines on the earth. And never asks the earth for anything in return. The sun has this infinite love for the earth. And makes all life on earth possible. Right? Without the sun, there would be no life on this planet. And yet, the sun gives everything to the earth. And asks for nothing in return. That's love, my friend. That is love. And I learned that. I'm so glad I learned that. One of the things that, as, as I really got that, oh, love needs nothing in return. No recognition, no appreciation, no thank you. If we need anything, if we feel, oh, I'm not appreciated, then what we're offering is not love. It's conditional love. It's not conditional. So love needs nothing. Love asks for nothing. When we truly love, the opportunity to share love, the greatest thing we can get in return is that it's received. Right? So if we're... Blocking the flow of love. We're not receiving God's love. We're not sharing God's love. And we're probably not letting other people love us fully. We're not, because when I started to recognize all of this, to recognize it, I started to say, oh my God, God is loving me from all directions. So right now, as I sit here with you, I'm looking out the window of my hotel room here at this uh, place in Mexico. I see the beautiful trees. I see the beautiful sun. The the beautiful lawns and the animals. There's quite a, quite a group of animals here, too, running around on the ground. Animals I'd never seen before. And... All of it is God loving me, delighting me. That sun, I can feel the sun, the warmth of it coming in the window. The fact that there's also air conditioning is God loving me. It helps keep the humidity down in the room. This is a very humid year. Everything is God loving me. The sound of the birds... God loving me. It is. And we can learn to receive it that way. Even when we feel squeezed and challenged. God loving me. I remember on the way down here, I uh, was flying out of Newark Airport. I'd been staying with my brother in New Jersey. And I didn't think about, I'm going to a foreign country. So I was Getting to the airport an hour before the flight, I'm very, I do that. I just get there an hour before because I don't like to be in the airport. And I don't leave a lot of time for error. <laughs> so I arrived just about an hour before where the guy dropped me off, was not near a red cap or anything. And it, there was no, just, it was a tactical error. in on his part, he didn't hear what I said about where I wanted to be dropped off. So then I had to drag all my bags to another part of the terminal. And when I got up to the counter, they said, it's too late. You can't check in. You have to be in here an hour before, and it's 58 minutes. So I was like, okay, what would you like me to do? I mean, I'm not going to argue or fight with them. They've got their rules. It's fine, you know. I know that God always has a plan that's greater than mine. But I did sort of say, what was I thinking? I'm going to Mexico. I'm leaving the United States. (laughs) It would have been a good idea to get to the airport a bit earlier than usual. But I just said, okay, angels, whatever's to be the highest and best for me, I know it's happening And they got me on the flight, of course. Now, here's the other thing is, I really like to have an aisle seat because I usually get up a few times to use the bathroom on a longer flight. And uh, I don't like to be by the window and I don't like to be in the middle. I don't think anybody likes to be in the middle unless you're surrounded by your loved ones. But, or friends, yeah, which are loved ones. And uh, so I like to be on the aisle so I can get up. And use the restroom. And I was in a window seat. Because the planes are changing. You have to pay extra to have a seat that you like now. So I just thought, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And I was one of the last people on the plane. So anyway, I got a whole row to myself. I probably was the only person on the plane that had a whole row to myself. So I got to sit in the middle, I got to sit cross-legged, and I got to work uh, easily and comfortably the whole way to Mexico on my laptop. I could have been upset with myself. Oh, why didn't I think to leave her? Oh, God, they're never going to let me on. Come on, these rules are ridiculous. You can still, I I could have done any of those things. I could have been mad, you know, why why do you charge me extra just to get an aisle seat, da-da-da. All these opportunities I had to be mad, to be upset, to be irritated, to be frustrated, to be annoyed. No triggers, no triggers. And you know what? My driver, when he dropped me off, I said... You, this is not remember I said the level down I need the level down and he said no this is premier access I said I know I am not premier and he said oh I misunderstood I said yes I said it a couple of times he was uh, an immigrant and his English was not great I still gave him a five dollar tip and he was like oh no I was like yes yes Because I I want him, in this time with the immigration, I want him to feel welcomed. You know, he misunderstood me. Everything's going to work together for my good. I don't have to punish him. Now, sometimes I'd be like, yeah, I'm not giving you a tip. sometimes I do feel that way, you know, just to be honest. But that's because something's not right in my mind. Whenever possible, I'd like to be right-minded. And it's always possible. So the error is that I choose to make meaning of it based on my history rather than what's happening now. What's happening now is love. In my history, I was blocking the love. Now is the opportunity for love. So this is what he says to us. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. You can build your house on the sinking sand or on the rock. But the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. Spirit is in a state of grace forever. I like to say spirit is in a state of grace forever and so am I. God is perfect and so am I. God is all love, and so am I. Yes. He says, your reality is only spirit. So we can say these things to ourselves in times of misperception. I'm in a state of grace forever. My reality is only spirit. Let me see my true reality. Right? I think of that. Saying I got from Michael Beckwith that I appreciate so much, where he said, "When you, when you're, <laughs> when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see, and you won't see what you do see. When you believe more in what you don't see, which is the true reality, then you will see." what you don't see. You will see the true reality when you believe it more in that than what you think you see with your eyes. That's the truth of it. Your reality is only spirit, therefore you are in a state of grace forever. Atonement undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the source of fear. Remember, atonement is accepting that there never was a separation, there never could be, and there never will be. Whenever you experience God's reassurances as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced or misdirected loyalty. So sometimes I remember thinking that extending love and patience and kindness and generosity of heart and spirit was going to somehow deplete me or cost me something, right? So that's when we ex- that's what he's talking about here that when we experience God's reassurances as threat. It's always because we're defending misplaced or misdirected loyalty to our perceptions of the past. And then he says, when you project this to others, you imprison them. But only to the extent to which you reinforce errors they have already made. Now, this is one of the most critical things that we work on in my year-long class, Masterful Living. This is what we do. We project onto others our false beliefs. And if they have the same belief... It creates a prison for them. Like if you, we look at our loved ones and say, they don't really love me. They don't really appreciate me. They don't really get me. We're going to be imprisoning them in that consciousness. Because we share the same mind. So... Now I find that when people have negative things to say about me, I'm like, "Um, yeah, that doesn't really resonate for me. And I recognize it's a cry for love. They're projecting onto me. And I don't get triggered because the trigger's been removed by the grace of God. He says when we reinforce the errors they have already made through our projections that imprison them, he says, this makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others since their own perception of themselves is distorted. You see, if, we, if somebody tells us we're not good enough, we won't be triggered by it unless we believe it. If you feel beautiful and someone tells you you're ugly, you won't believe it. It doesn't matter what they think. If someone tells you you're stupid, but you know that you're smart, it doesn't matter what they say. You know what you know. This we prove every day. So people can only bring to the trigger... They, they can only trigger in us that which we believe. So what we train ourselves to do in the Master for Living course is to give thanks that the trigger is seen by us. That we recognize, ah, here's an opportunity for healing. Right here, right now, I can take it. Instead of attacking and condemning and defending, I can take the trigger And give it all to the Holy Spirit for healing. And the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision to believe this in the first place. Whenever it was, a hundred lifetimes ago, all the consequences, all the negative karma ever accrued by believing something wasn't true. Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences. Because really, what are the consequences but false beliefs? Identification with the ego. And that's what the Holy Spirit can undo if we let the Holy Spirit do it. The miracle worker can only bless them. And this undoes their distortions and frees them from prison. This is why so many people in Masterful Living have these amazing relationship healings. Is because they change their perspective of their loved ones make your visits with your family the opportunity for you to actually live a course of miracles that you are proving that it works to yourself if you let if you miss the opportunity and you get triggered and you start defending and attacking realize you got on the pain train call to the holy spirit call to the angels For help, call God's name. Call God's name. The angels will surround you. This is the teaching of Jesus in A Course in Miracles. And they'll run interference with all that wrong thinking. This is the time of thanksgiving. I'm giving thanks for the opportunities to share and to help others do this undoing. I'm so grateful. This is my answered prayer. So grateful to everyone who supports this ministry. We're beginning a fundraising campaign at end of the year to activate new programs of more free offerings. I'd like to build a prayer app, and we're going to have Miracle Circles, which are a, a, a healing version of study group, and many other things. My family forgiveness free class is available now. Many free resources. The transcripts and the recordings of this radio show are all available at livingofcourseofmiracles.com, so much at jenniferhadley.com. Please enjoy. With my hand on my heart, I am grateful and thankful to declare a healing is happening now. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done And so it is. Amen. 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 Happy Thanksgiving. I love you.